0: The Way Up North podcast is supported by Wooden Banana. Wooden Banana has delivered personalized wooden packaging for photographers since 2014 and has since connected with thousands of photographers from around the world. Their handmade wooden products range from CD and print boxes through to custom USBs, all individually engraved with your branding, giving your client delivery the love it deserves no matter where you are in the world. Wooden Banana has partnered with Way Up North for three events in a row, Is offering a 10% discount on all their products using the purchasing code 110. So give them a look at woodenbanana.com or follow their store and Instagram via the hashtag WoodenBanana. My name is Cole Roberts, co-founder of Way Up North, and in a moment, you'll hear the podcast host Jenny Hamar's hour-long conversation with Australian photographer Dan O'Day. Dan is a person with many layers, and as you'll soon hear, many of those layers are much deeper than his online reputation as Dan the Hilarious Guy with a cool accent. His charisma is legendary within the wedding community, and his infectious nature draws people to him in a natural way. But as Jenny found out, beneath the jovial surface is a serious side. So settle in, and here's Jenny's conversation with Dan, recorded in June 2016.
1: So, um, so it's like quarter past nine, your time, and you're.
2: Yeah, yeah, so you're it's, quarter past, like, it's good, quarter past. Be... Sorry. Yeah, quarter past nine. Yeah, you know, hanging out in front of the computer.
1: All right. Cool. Well, so I'm sitting in a studio in Vaxholm, Sweden. You're in somewhere in Sydney, right?
2: Actually, no. I I I'm, I'm in I'm in a place called Queenie in uh, New South Wales, which is right next to Canberra. Okay, which is Oops. which is the capital of Australia, uh, uh, which a lot of people don't know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. Because <laughs> uh, I was about to say, yeah, that's right. But I had no idea. <laughs> uh, <that's... laughs> And you have an awesome accent, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to understand you, but i I do
2: oh uh, no no, no, oh, that's good, that otherwise this would be pretty awkward, yeah, that um, would be
1: really, really hard, <laughs> so this is home to you
2: this is home, yeah, it is, and yeah. uh,
1: I read somewhere on your website that you live in a tiny little house.
2: well, you know what here's the thing I am um, when I when I up- upta- the thing is yeah, okay, so I'm a little bit guilty. I haven't updated my website in a while, so. The house is not so tiny anymore, so we've moved.
1: <laughs> that's good. A sign that's of success, just, or oh, is it?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's good. No, it's great. It's just, it's a nice big old house now. Like we're in a big old house. It's about a hundred hundred and something years old. So, oh wow, uh, it's uh yeah, it's it's we like old, you know. So it's still got the old factories. It's got higher ceilings and a couple of bigger rooms.
1: Oh, that's great. And nice. a big
2: a dog. So that's you know.
1: Do you have the boat. bulldog?
2: No, I got a uh, no, no. So I didn't get a bulldog. I got a staffy in the end. English okay. staffy. She's gorgeous. Nice. She's nice. she's sleeping down there, just at my feet at the moment.
1: What's her name? What?
2: Jesse. Jesse the dog.
1: Oh, nice. Because on the website kid. it said you were obsessed with bulldogs, but then that's changed yeah. as well.
2: Well, I, I am, and we and we were at the time. So when I did that, I, I mean, you just reminded me so much that I need to update my bio. Well, anyway, so that's a side note, I guess. Well, but, here's
1: your chance to update your bio. Here's my chance. Okay, so,
2: so, <laughs> progress, so progress is um, we've since yeah changed houses and we are now we now have found ourselves a dog. We we found Jessie. She was um with we wanted to have a like a little French bulldog or a little bulldog. Um, but um, we then I don't know, we were sort of we we got convinced that it would be would be a better option for us to, to get a, a an older dog um, go rescue an older dog, uh, you know, so we went around and, and looked online for dogs at the pounds that were, you know, up for adoption. That needed found, a family. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we think, I thought to myself, staffies, I don't know. I don't know them that well. Um, that I, I'd always associated with a little bit of a bad dog. Um, but they get a bad rap. So anyway, we went and met Jesse and, um, yeah, we sort of, uh, at first we, 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 we didn't think she was the one for us and so we went away and Andrew was distraught and I was upset because we'd really had our heart set on her online, like a bad like internet date gone wrong or something. And <laughs> then we went, hey, we, okay, so we stuck with my, 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 about a week week goes past with my, my sister and my mum driving through the countryside and um, my sister's a big advocate of um, of staffy dogs and she's just like, you know, when you're getting, a, when you're adopting a dog or you're, pound you can't expect it to be perfect it's you know you've got you have got to understand what you're doing you're giving it another life mm-hmm. you can't on a new perfect dog you go get a brand new perfect pup so like oh that's enough for us so we were back and we grabbed her best 300 bucks we ever spent <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
2: she's been about a year and a half now seriously and she's like changed our lives she's amazing so um
1: Wow. So what happened the first time? She just didn't take a liking to you or what What was it that turned you off first?
2: Well, we were hoping for, cause we, she was seven years old. And so we thought, and she had a, she was used to she was a bit of a puppy farm. So they, they'd used to her. So we sort of figured she'd be a bit more de- decrepit and a little bit more slow, um, which is kind of what we're after. And um, <laughs> when we, she, she came running in and jumped on us and she was really, really excitable um, and had a lot of energy and we're like, and she was a bit dirty and a bit rough and a bit. she she'd been mucking around with a bunch of other dogs out in the back. So, um, we were, oh, I don't think she's our girl. You know, um, we we're hoping for someone a little bit more sedated. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the, the, um, you know, so the, the when we told this to the um, the lady that was looking after them at the at the pound, she she said, "I promise you, Jessie's like that. Look, here's a few photos." She sent us a bunch of photos of her like sleeping over everything, and uh, she just sort of said, just please trust trust us, you know, you'll you'll make a good decision if you you take her home, so we did, and she's literally been sleeping on her neck, on our faces, and on the couch ever since that year and (laughs) a half, so she has that first energy, like, once a day.
1: (laughs) I'm laughing because though most people get dogs, like, for the energy to, like, get out and exercise and, like, (laughs) have the the playfulness, and you're like, no, we want, like, a decrepit... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah we wanted a, a decrepit old dog that was like warm and furry that we could sort of like to spoon with and just and just well low maintenance you know like with yeah. work yeah, we sort of you know we're not home a lot and um so uh we, we wanted a dog that would be easy for other people to sort of jump in and look after for us as well yeah. um rather oh, that than fun. run around and so um yeah, so it's actually worked out pretty good. So she has, she has energy at the right time, like when we get home. Yeah, but she's like, it's like she hasn't seen us for twenty five years. You know, she's just like you go outside for five minutes, come back, it's the same thing, and then she'll just sort of die down and spoon for a while. So yeah, she,
1: does she get like all nervous when you're packing your bags and stuff? Can she sense when you're about to that's, leave?
2: She does. They're so intuitive. Like she, you know, her suitcases come out. The zips happen, um, you know, she, or I mean, even before like leaving in the morning, she knows what's going on, but, um, but especially when we're getting ready for it to go away, like if I have to go up and get an early flight, which is most, most weekends, you know, it's, um, we wake up before the sun comes up, you know, I'm getting a 6am flight and I'm like, we're running around, unpacking my suitcase and blah, 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 blah.
1: In the mornings you're packing it?
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just really bad. I know I do my best. I'm getting better, but I just sometimes I like to think and play it off, but I, I'm super, I'm super planned when it comes to the pack. But often I might pack, my intentions are good. Like I might pack it a little bit the night before. Um, but there's always something, you know, I leave it open. And at the last minute I'm like throwing stuff in, pulling stuff out. Just to the airport. So she knows she sees that when she sees that she knows what's going on she starts to whimper a little bit and get a bit she, yeah
1: oh that's the best part about dogs they really are like so can be so wise and
2: yeah they really intuitive she knows what's going on i really sort of i don't know you sort of you sort of start to dance after a while i suppose and you sort of become in sync and she knows she picks up on our moods we pick up on hers and um yeah i don't know it's a little it's like any other family i suppose
1: So, are you like are you traveling every weekend now, or how often are you away?
2: Yeah, every weekend. Yeah, so the none of my none of my work is actually um, in my hometown. So I think, or like, nearly none of it. You know, like in the last three years, I've probably shot um, uh, maybe four or five weddings in my hometown. Okay. The rest are all away.
1: And you fill you fill all the other weddings. I mean, throughout the world, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's a bit. It is crazy, actually. So, um, majority of them are still in Australia, but you know, I do, you know, x amount internationally every year. So, um, I I would probably say maybe um, maybe a quarter of my weddings might be. Might be away overseas, and the rest are just in other cities around Australia.
1: What's so. what's like the the most exotic place you ever shot a wedding?
2: Exotic. Ooh, um, you know what i I don't know how I don't even know how to determine exotic. I guess that the, one of the places that
1: or exciting. I, I mean,
2: oh yeah, I think one of the, I had a, one of my sort of. Um, Oh, I hate, I know. I, yeah, one of my funny moments that I had a little while ago, it was about two years ago, and I was shooting in Monaco and um, there was, it was a two-day wedding. So the day before, for, this, these guys just caught me off guard a little bit. I'd never been to Monaco okay. and I'd experienced that much, like, wealth in my life. Um, and the, the, but what happened is they had a, a, a two-day sort of wedding. So the night before, they had these. These guys were from Milan, so they were Italian, and they had to legally get married across the border. So what they'd done is the night before they were having a little ceremony for a nine of their family and just them in a really old thirteenth century church oh. um, across the border. And I wasn't set to shoot it, but at the last minute they sort of said, "Did you want to come up and do it?" And I said, "Yeah, you know what? if This is for an hour, or something, I'll come across." So I jumped in the car with them and went across. Anyway, so we get to this beautiful old church. It's so small. It's so tiny. It's on the side of this mountain in this little tiny village. And, um, it's just nine people in this, and it's just all done in Italian and I didn't understand a word. Um, so, you know, you sort of, you have to call on your experience a little bit to kind of like work out when stuff's going to happen, you know? Um, and we'll, use, we'll make sure you've got like enough cameras around anyway. So, um, we came out of the church afterwards, so I found that the, the ceremony was beautiful. But when we came out, a lot of the locals had um, come to celebrate with the couple, so they came giving, they, they brought like warm champagne and uh, they brought milk and food and they brought instruments and they started playing for them t- as a way to say thank you for choosing their little church in their little town.
1: Oh, um, I just got chills when you said that. <laughs>
2: it was amazing. And so they start all just, the nine of them saying, being serenaded by the local villagers as they gave them, you know, and then these guys are dressed in farming clothes, right? So they just come out, they got dirty, they got thongs on or flip-flops as you guys or whoever calls them and, uh, you know, shorts and singlets and whatever and they're just pouring warm champagne into plastic cups and offering them to everyone. Oh, wow. And then um, bringing food and playing music and I was just like, what is happening, you know? And this is, this one. I still think probably one of the most beautiful ceremonies I've ever been a part of and then the next day you know we had the monaco wedding which was very you know yeah all over the top um but when we, it was just myself and the couple in a little speedboat or well, a, a nice speedboat going across the harbor in monaco um and i was photographing them with just the sun setting on the on the on the harbor of you know and that's when i had a bit of a wow how the, the freak did i get here you know what i mean like how did this happen
1: Look at uh, like w- things that you get to experience just because you're kind of like you have the camera as an alibi somehow, or
2: yeah, it's like you get invited into these little bubbles of, of other people's lives. And um, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I think that that so. I guess to answer the question, that was one of that 24 hours yeah. was just really and because that was such a so different, both celebrations, like that the, the the day after was really, yeah, you know it's you know and it's just lots of wealth and lots of wealth i guess and okay. the day before was very rustic and very real and very I don't know it was obviously nice.
1: sorry obviously both are i mean awesome in their own right but which which one appeals to you more of between those two styles
2: uh, the, the first one yeah yeah the first one
1: yeah i it's think more ultimately- of Sometimes it feels like those big flashy weddings it's like it's so made to be photographed that it's almost like it's like yeah
2: or, yeah, what, or what
1: do you think i mean
2: yeah i think it you know it, i think it's hard like um you shoot i well I just I, I used to when you know when I when I started off when I started getting really fancy weddings that looked really beautiful and were visually stimulating to photograph and amazing to be a part of um, it was really exciting to me because I thought to myself hey you know I've arrived I'm getting hired to shoot these you know, beautiful weddings um, but then I find myself like at some of them it's very rare to at both like you get this sort of visual stimulation 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 that's a word. Visual simulation, simulation. Uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, and <laughs> you know, you get. I'm on so much medication for my sickness right now, so oh, you have cool. to
0: distract
2: <laughs> my mental <laughs> failings. Um, anyway, so. Um, but rare, you know, and sometimes you might have a little bit more low-profile wedding, um, and it's like highly emotive, and there's a lot of t- that the, the couple gets to connect with the small with the guests and yeah it's it's not as big um so it's rare that you can make the two dance i think well not rare it's when it does it's really beautiful yeah it's kind of like a combination a sort of sincere heartfelt celebration that's also beautiful to look at um so uh but you know the bigger weddings um with all the stuff that's all the shiny stuff um i like them for different reasons i guess um I don't connect with them emotionally as as much, but as, as just as a a, uh, photographer, um, I enjoy the action and I enjoy, uh, being, having to be on the ball and not having a second to really let my mind rest.
1: Do you, Um, do you often party with the the bride and groom at those big kind of, I mean, i I mean,
2: you know what? I I mean, unless whoever's listening and I I actually had a party with you, so strike you guys out. But, um, generally my rule of thumb is don't ever become a guest. Um, so, uh, you know, I got this advice from, from, from another photographer years ago, um, when I started out, um, and I've kind of always stuck to it. Like, I think I'm always like, very hard i i'll have i have a couple of bevies here and there you know they say dan have a drink you know at, towards the end maybe you know i might i might have a couple of drinks um but i make it really i i i really make an effort not to become a guest at a wedding um i'm always working i don't yeah. put the camera i never put the camera down when they say put the camera down and have a drink if i do that i might as well go home in my opinion so um my job's not done until they've their photos. My cat relaxes <laughs> until that's happened. So I have a couple of bevies, you know, um, and I'll relax a little bit. But unless it's a friend's wedding, you know, maybe then I'll definitely
1: yeah. cut yeah. a bit. I like that advice, though. That's nice. Yeah. So I heard that uh, Cole told me that – and I saw on your Facebook that you are getting married.
2: I am, yeah. Congratulations. Yes, am. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Like a weekend, like, yeah, it happened like a, well, I asked the question a week and a day ago. So now it's it's so fresh. One week and one day of. Talk um, me through the
1: day of, or talk me through the engagement.
2: How did it happen? Oh, okay. So I just, well, I was in New York about three weeks ago for a wedding and I, um, there's a, one of my uh, brides that I'd shot, uh, previously over that way had put a, um, put me onto this jewelry store that, um, uh, sold this really great sort of antique or like old estate rings and um and so I've been looking I've been telling her how I was planning on asking Andrea and so she goes well you've got to go here you've got to go here so I was over there and I went to the shop and um I was just so nervous like when I walked in because I didn't know what to do I didn't know like everything would be way out of my price range and I'd be that guy like a male version of the of Julia Roberts, a pretty woman, like when she walks in, she can't afford anything. And <laughs> yeah. I come back and stay with all my shopping bags and tell them it's a big mistake. Um, so I, um, I ended up, yeah, just going in and just sort of like, you know, doing the good old arm, just having a little bit of a look around. And um, yeah, anyway, they, they, they sort of, nothing on the walls, I liked a few of the things on the walls. And they pulled out, um, she goes, hold on a second, I might have something for you. So she went out the back and she put up this beautiful little ring. Um, I don't know, it was just kind of right, you know, so um, it got the sounds ring. sounds
1: like, like out of a movie, like, oh, I think I have just the thing for you.
2: You know, it kind of was a little bit like that because I I was told um, I try. I initially was going to get a different ring completely and it was going to be really beautifully dis- over-the-toppy designed kind of thing and um, I don't know, it just didn't feel right and, um, and it yeah, it didn't seem to really match what didn't match Andrea. Um, and so she's a little bit more of a, you know, I feel like she was born in the wrong era. I feel like she might have should have been born around the, the 30s. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. well Anyway, so I was, I was telling this to the lady in the shop and um, and she just sort of we're looking at all these rings and I fell in love with a couple, but they were out, they were out of my price range, you know, they were, they were, a, bit, they were a bit up there. Um, and uh, so she goes, I tell you what, Hold on one second, and then so, Andrea always said to me, "She goes if you ever fight, she goes I don't care what you get, you know if it's circle and it fits in my finger, that's great." Um, because she goes if you ever just feel it, if you if you find it and it's something just feels right, just that's the one, you know. So when she pulled out, it literally was like that. She came out and she just had this, and it's just like this little ring, it's this little simple, beautiful ring. Um, and uh, and I just it was almost like when you find like a little puppy or something or something you connect with, you know, like straight away I was like. Oh.
1: It's
2: so the Here you are. You're the one, you know? And so, um, they had to resize it for me, did that for me, and I came back, uh, picked it up a couple of days later after i shot the wedding, and then, um, yeah, brought it home. And, um, anyway, came home, and, uh, I had, I thought I'd wait a month or something and then work out this really elaborate way of asking. And, uh, uh but I thought, look, you know, I'll try and get, um, her dad on the phone. He's from because she's from Alaska originally. So um I got Andrea's mum knew I was wanting to get the dad's permission. So she messaged me and said, Hey, he's up in his office. Now's a good time to call him. So I called him, cracked open a bottle of wine, and about 10 minutes I almost finished the whole bottle. I was so nervous. Asked his permission. Um earlier that same day, my mum was like, When well, are you gonna ask her? Just ask her, get it over and done with. And uh and when Andrew came back in the door that night, she said, I just got back. She was at the doctor's. She goes, The doctor just asked me, did, I bring, did you bring a ring back from New York for me? And and she goes, I looked at him and just with a sad face said, No. And she sort of just like wandered into the kitchen. <laughs> anyway, so I thought to myself, Oh, this is too many signs. Like, there's too much happening at once. So.
1: And so, when yeah. you had just t- spoken with her father then, like earlier that day. Well,
2: like yeah, I li- like literally twenty minutes before she walked through the door, I just got the phone with with her dad, and then she mentioned the doctor had asked because the doctor knew I was going to New York, and he knew that I was you know getting close to asking a big question. And um, <laughs> so anyway, so I thought to myself, I'm going to keep the ring handy just in case because there's a few things like you know everything's lining up. Anyway, so we we decided to have some wine together, and then uh, a bit of Paul Simon goes on the vinyl, you know, fires crackling away. Uh, you know, the yeah, all a bit of slap bass <laughs> starts kicking in somewhere, and uh, <laughs> some baby oil spilt over, and no, just kidding.
1: <laughs> all of a sudden, he's like, topless, top, and yes, top, that's, boy that's boy right, brothers.
2: yeah. We're drinking kalura and milk, and just you know, a Jamaican <laughs> band starts playing in the lounge room, anyway. And so, okay, so strike a lot of that stuff then, but anyway, <laughs> we just start chatting, and um. All of a sudden, it just, uh, yeah, she was, we were talking about proposals and um, I told her a little bit about her dad's, her dad, I spoke about her dad marrying her mum. And she says, I don't even know that story, you know. And I said, well, uh, you know, uh, how do you think I know it? And then at that time, it's sort of, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. It's happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean
2: it. Like I, I found out today this, when I spoke this, to her yeah, and asked this question and then we both just like lost it. And so I got on my knee. None of us could get any words out. And uh, Jesse, the dog, was just watching. And uh, <laughs> it happened. So, yeah.
1: Oh, my Pretty God.
2: Sure. So,
1: I got chills again. Got That's chills. like the third time now. <laughs> Every time I do that, I'm like, chills. <laughs> That's really sweet. Like, It just kind of came about organically, like, without it having to be...
2: Yeah. I did not know. Have to do- too elaborate and I'm not against people doing anything elaborate I think it's great just do whatever feels right you know um I feel like I not know I've never been good at it. if I buy someone a present I always I can't hold it for very long so yeah. I think it actually um I think it just happened when it was meant to happen like I feel like I honestly believe that all those things happened that day for that reason yeah let us yeah for that in that time and uh yeah, so that's it, so now I'm engaged
1: so okay so, can I ask can you a question ask you about, about okay okay now I can hear myself all of a sudden here um hang, okay, oh, hello, 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 okay, there it's gone um quick question backing up you said you called her father that's i mean that is unheard of here that you you would never all right yeah you would never <clears throat> I think that's a well. I mean, Amer- in, in the U.S. where I grew up, yeah, people people do that. But where? Yeah. how does that – I guess what I'm asking is are you really asking for his permission or is it just like a nice thing to do to show respect?
2: I guess it's a, a nice thing to do to show respect. Yeah. 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 But if he didn't give me his permission, we'd have a problem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. It, it just seems <laughs> like <laughs> – like, I don't know. As a woman, too, I feel a little bit like, oh, so it's up to these two men to decide, like, like, if this is okay. I mean, like, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that's right. Before we drag you home by your hair or something, yeah.
1: Like, uh, I'm going to go to your father. father. I'm going to ask him uh,
2: if this is a good idea
1: or not. You know what I mean? It seems a little bit arcane. I think it's it's all part
2: of getting in with Dad, you know? I think it's, um, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I... I, you know, you know, I mean, I was confident that he would be the, I, I was confident that he would okay it. Um, but I think it's more just a tradition. I think it's just a tradition thing. You know, it's, it's, it's been done for as long as I, when I, as long when I, whenever I've grown up my whole life, I've always planned on whoever it was going to be. I was going to always do that. I was always going to ask the parents or the father, okay. um, okay. just more from a, I guess it's the old school in me, I suppose. Yeah. Is there, yeah. um, and yeah, I mean, but I don't think it's—I don't think it's about two men, yeah, deciding on the fate of this woman. I think it's more. Maybe it was back in the day when they invented it, but um, for these days, I think it's just a, an ode to yeah. an old system. Yeah.
1: So we just talked about the engagement, which was awesome, yep. and obviously. I'm, I do want to hear more about Andrea as well. But, um, so how old are you right now? Just to,
2: I just turned 40. You did. Yeah.
1: Almost the same age. When did you turn 40?
2: In January. Congratulations. Uh, Thanks. I made it.
1: You made it. (laughs) I was just talking to someone, uh, like right before this uh, podcast about how it's funny having a birthday. It's like you get celebrated for just like kind of, Waiting and surviving—I don't know. It's—it's it's like you yeah. haven't like achieved anything really necessarily,
2: but you just no. That's right. You just lived, you know. I think <laughs> like, um, you kind of I, I don't on. know. Someone, you go through like a little crisis. Like I, I definitely went through a little crisis um in the lead up to turning forty. Um.
1: Oh, you did good. I, I mean, not yeah. good, but tell me about it.
2: <laughs> no, I just I did. I was freaked out, you know, because you, you know ever since you're little. I mean, I went through the same crisis when I turned twenty-five, but I went through another one when I turned thirty. And when I turned 35, I had another little mini crisis. But then, um, yeah, and I'm sure I'll have another one when I turn 50. But it's it's just, um, yeah, you know, the big four-zero. you sort of have this sort of, um, I don't know, picture of what that is when you're younger, when you're growing up. And you always think that, you know, 40 is, I remember when I was like, you know, 10 years old, like 40 was like an old guy, you know. Um, well, it is. And, You know, and you sort of get there and you're like, oh shit. I'll be like, please don't. (laughs) Go gentle.
1: (laughs) I'm 39 and a half, so I'm like way,
2: way out. I got a ways to go. Yeah, you're still in your 30s technically. I'm
1: still in my 30s, yeah. So I wouldn't know what it's like. But tell me, what is, what's it like to be 40? No,
2: oh, it's amazing. All of a sudden, you know, you just know so much, and you have so much advice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you the next time I need some some yeah. wisdom. No, but what, what what was the crisis like for this one? I mean,
2: oh, I think it was just more. Um, I think it's actually a crisis that f- folds back from 50. You know, I think growing up, I think 50 is the age. Like 50 is when you're in your head, you're like old, right? So as I get closer to it, I think 40 is like 10 years away from 50. Then I think I just turned 30. How, where'd the last 10 years go? I mean, I, even when I was 30, I wasn't even a photographer. I was even started taking pictures when I was 30, you know? So it's like a lot of, A lot had happened in my 30s, which is great, but it still feels like it wasn't that long ago. And so now I'm like, shit, it won't be long that I'm 50 looking back going, I just turned 40. And then before I know it, I'm dead. So that's the, that's the, um, <laughs> that was the crisis I was going through. And then, that. you know, yeah, I think it, I think it's, I think a lot of people go through it. Um, but I, I, you know, another friend just, she just turned 40 and she, she, she gave me some good advice. She was sort of saying that, Or no, she put something online freaking out about it and then other people gave her advice, which I read. Uh, And it was more just be grateful that you've made it to 40, you know. I mean, I know I've lost a lot of friends before this age, you know, and um, and, uh, there's a lot of people out there that aren't as fortunate as us in so many ways and will probably never make make it to the big four oh. A lot of people don't even make it to the twenty, you know. So yeah. I just started yeah. to adapt that attitude and it helped a lot. So yeah, that's a good one.
1: Uh, I'm gonna steal
2: yeah. that yeah, I think it's I think it's a good one. I think it's the one that makes the most sense, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, because we had this sort of stigma attached with a lot of things. I was having dinner um having lunch actually with um oh yeah with the Fortune and the North team. We're in New York. We had we had lunch a couple of weeks ago and we're having um oh, yeah, okay. lunch lunch with someone else and, um, uh, Jess, and then she, and, and, and she was to say, like, you know, Oh, someone I just met, you know, they're actually 40 years old, you know? And then I was just like, Hey, I just turned 40. And she was like, Oh, what, you know, you don't look 40 and all that sort of stuff. And, um, the way that, <laughs> the way that she'd said it was kind of like, yeah, she said it how I have always thought of what 40 is. And then she freaked out when she thought that I was 40. Yeah. Um, and then I, was kind of like confused emotionally because I'm like, well, she kind of just sort of made 40 sound old, but then she said that it's okay because I don't look 40. So you kind of like go through, you, I stepped into her body for a bit, stepped back into mine, stepped back <laughs> and realized that we just, not, everyone's so different, you know, like you can't, I've got twenty friends that are 25 years old that are way more 40 than I am yeah. and friends that are, you know, older than me that are, way more 25 than them so
1: but i mean i don't know about you but i would definitely not want to go back 10 years i'm so much happier where i am right now than 10 years ago how do you feel about
2: that <laughs> uh, i completely agree absolutely 100
1: so it that's right, it's that, getting that, better and it. better i mean it's not it like is. you would want to turn back the clock and do it differently or do it like better i mean that doesn't it doesn't work like no. that
2: I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I had. I had to think about this. And I, you're right. I wouldn't. You know. I mean. I, I like. Sometimes I say. Oh, you know. I would have started being fit earlier. I would have started. You know. Doing whatever. But if I'd have done those things, I may not have ended up where I'm sitting right now. So.
1: And you I'm said happy
2: with the path.
1: You said when you turned 30, you weren't even shooting. No. What were you doing?
2: Um, so at that time, I was uh, working in a government job, and I was my 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 biggest thing at that time was doing. Um, well, I was, I was showing in galleries with my paintings and I was playing in a band at the time that I was really hoping would be, that would be, you know, that would be my saving grace. So between my painting and my music, that was um, that was what I was, that were my passions and okay. what I was pushing for a lot. And for my nine to five, I was working in the government. So I had a, a job in the government for nine, nine and a half years.
1: So that, um, that there you were just like you know, like um, clocking in and out kind of thing, or were you engaged in that job as well?
2: No, 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 I was sort of clocking in and out, yeah. It was, you know, it was project management and, um, you know, medical medical research stuff that was sort of more taking care of the peer review process of some grant funding schemes and things like that. And so it was, uh, it was involved. It was, it was a cool job. Like as far as government jobs go, I enjoy it, but I think it's mostly because I enjoyed the people around me. Okay, and enjoyed like my colleagues, um, so we we had a lot of fun. And that was cool. So that's why I was in the job for so long. Um, yeah, and, and then you were the,
1: like by night you were painting, and in this like amazing band, and
2: like well, oh yeah, star. we'd rehearse, yeah, the, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd we'd rehearse a few times a week, and we we'd play. You know, we'd do stuff on the we'd do tours, and we'd play on the weekends and get away and do whatever. Um, but I did. I've been playing music, you know, f- by that stage for you know fifteen years. Um, What do you play? Well, I I, I was drumming in one band for a a long time and I was singing in another one for – I was drumming in one for about 10 years and I sang in another one for about seven.
1: Oh, wow. So, and and which was your – what was your, like, main thing or were both equally?
2: Um, They both had their own – yeah, they were both pretty, you know, both bands, um, I think, fulfilled me um, equally. Uh, in different ways, yeah. and they both probably achieved similar levels of, you know, inverted commas, success, um, yeah. <laughs> which with, with means, well, you know, as far as bands can be successful, which is basically to the level of, you know, being able to tour and get some free beers and food at gigs. <laughs> 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 I'm not buying any mansions or anything, that's for sure. Um, and then, yeah, and then with my painting it was just, um, you know, I would try and have a have – a, have a, uh, I'd aim for like one solo show a year um, so I was doing that.
1: So, uh, so the list mm. of of exhibitions that you I saw on your on your website that yeah. was paintings,
2: uh, paintings and photos and both. photos. Okay, so yeah. oh sorry, yeah. So I started. Then I went from paintings into art photography, um, and then started 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 working. Um, how how that transitioned was I um, wanted to get into this gallery space really badly um and it was a really cool space and but it was part of a photo biennale at the time so the only way i could get involved was if i did a photo show um and so i i you know played around like a little bit with cameras but nothing too serious um and then uh the guy that was living at the back of my house at that time he was a lecturer in photo media at the australian national university um and a very quite prolific uh photo artist and so I um, said to him, "Hey, Dave. Like, I've got this space. I need to do a photo show, but um, I don't know how to. I don't know how to use the camera. <laughs> like, I, I'm going to buy a Mamiya RZ67. I need like, uh, you know, medium format film, and I need to shoot a show. Me, how to use the light meter? So I bought the camera and bought the light meter, and then he taught me how to use it. And then um, I shot the show, and then that, I had my first show, and that was 2006." Was my first solo show. Yeah.
1: Wait, you just like um, picked up a camera, took the photos, and they were like, "Yeah, it's good. You can show here."
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it kind of worked out really well. It was funny, you know. I um, I, I I got obsessed. I got obsessed straight away. Like I was in it. So it was. I was shooting. Um, I came up with the the body of work. Um, and, and what was uh, it about? What What did you shoot for that first show? It was called Still. Um, and it was. I'd I'd shot, um, I guess in the witching hour. So it was sort of, um, at that time I was, I was getting a lot of insomnia. So I wasn't, uh, I I also struggled with anxiety quite a lot. Um, it's been something I've just had since my early twenties, but I wouldn't, a lot of the time I wouldn't be able to sleep at night or I'd wake up at three and then not be able to go back to bed. So, um, I thought, well, rather than sort of trying to fight it in bed and just looking at the ceiling for hours, why don't I get up and start to create some work in that time? And so, um, I started to shoot, um, shoot my subjects, um, between three and 5 AM. Um, and we, we, we meet, meet up and then go find little pots, little pots and little pockets around, um, the countryside or around the cityscapes. And I'd just be a lone subject in a big space. And, um,
1: your subjects being people,
2: being people. Yeah. And, um. Uh, you just all friends, you know? And, um,
1: and you were like, meet me here at 3am. Yeah. And they were like, um,
2: okay. (laughs) I know. like Now that I think about it, I'm like, seriously, like, I don't know if I do that for half my friends, (laughs) but they would, they would do it, you know? Um, and, and they'd be like, all right, you know, I'll come pick you up. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I'd pick them up and or whatever. And we'd shoot until just before the sun came up, you know? And then when the sun was up, we were done. Um, and um or oh, actually well before the sun was up, you know, it was still be blue, you know, so that's yeah. I didn't want to shoot anywhere outside of that. So uh I did uh sixteen sixteen uh pieces and I had them all printed, um, really big, really, really big. Um like a meter and a half on the longest side. Um oh, and wow. it was six step form, so they were huge. That's um hard. and then I yeah, did the show, had the opening and um I got a lot of media behind it, um, and sold a, sold quite a bit of work. And a few of the works I sold were some, to some property developers in Canberra who are actually um, art by um, art collectors, uh, photo collectors. So that's incredible. They yeah, it I mean, just worked out that way, and that, it led to my first commercial gig, which was <clears throat> through them for their for their their new precinct they were doing, and they just did it. Did, we got to work with them with my uh, with the medium format camera and shot a billboard for them and, uh, and some marketing material, and that was my first entrance into paid photography work, which eventually then led into weddings. Yeah.
1: So, what year are we talking here now for this show that you did, the first show?
2: That was two thousand and six.
1: Oh my god, that's ten years ago. Yeah. That is ten yeah. years ago. You were thirty, and this was going on and yeah. so oh wow i'm I'm like super impressed that that and from then on did you like ditch painting or were you you were all about nah,
2: photo? no i mean i quickly photos quickly took over so painting painting still was around and i still like um i miss it so much i mean it's completely not around now but in my july that i'm taking off i'm gonna i'm gonna start painting again um but i um painting just started to wean out i um about two years later, I shut my painting studio down because I just wasn't using it, um, and uh, I just become obsessed with photography. So in 2009 or 2008, sorry, I got a I got representation by a gallery in Melbourne for my photo work, um, and then I was, you know, I had to shoot for that, um, produce work for them for some shows, and, um, yeah, it just became my art photography just became my new obsession i guess yeah so
1: you started as like a painter artist went uh photography artist and then yeah. got into weddings but i'm yeah. still curious what kind of painting was it what what like medium or was it all
2: kinds um you know it was all kinds i guess it was like um i was using a lot of um like all based house paints oh um yeah and pencils uh, and so it was kind of um, lots of movement, uh, non-figurative stuff, okay. um, quite abstract, um, big, again, huge, like two meters by two meters, like big, big canvases. Um, wow. um Just like little subtle tweaks, uh, you know, amongst lots of big, 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 thick movements of paint, um, I suppose. It's hard to describe.
1: So those two, kind of the small pencil and the big brushstrokes, strokes. That kind of
2: yeah, yeah, that's thing. right. And I I'd mix acrylic and oil so that the um, the oil would crack through the acrylic and give a really nice sort of texture as well. So it was um I don't know it was always I was always it was always evolving. You know, I was always playing with it. But um
1: and yeah, how early? Okay, so back up like thirty years before that. Yeah, where were you? Where were you being born? Because now I okay. now I have to hear the the story leading <laughs> up to it. <laughs>
2: Well, my dad's an artist and, um, uh, so I grew up all around it. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think I went through the standard, like aside from that, I mean, I went through this standard boy stuff growing up, you know, like I grew up and, and, and you know, I would, I was a, you know, did a lot of athletics when I was younger and played sports, but then I ventured into skating and, you know, then I ventured into music and that was sort of the truth and, you know, and then, and By so on and so forth. skating you mean
1: like, um...
2: Skateboard. I like skateboarding.
1: Yeah, no because in Sweden that might be mean ice skating.
2: All <laughs> like oh, right, okay. I oh, know yeah, definitely that comes here. <laughs> um, yeah, no. When I was younger, like I had uh, my dad. I used to just, I used to sketch family portraits for pocket money, <laughs> so um, I was sketching a lot first. So I used to sketch. I used to enter a lot of drawing competitions through school, and um, and so pencils and lead and sketch was like where I started, and then. Um, I used to like get anatomy books, um, open up the um, encyclopedias that my parents bought, the Encyclopedia Britannica, and I'd go through like some of the anatomy sections and and, and draw the human body with pencil and, um, you know, draw dinosaurs and skulls and funny little things. But anyway, so I realized I could do some portraits. So I, I um, started sketching people and their families for some money on the side when I was about 12, 13. Wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah.
1: You were like, uh, you were like, you should have been born on the streets of like Montmartre <laughs> or something in Paris. Yeah, like. I, yeah that's right.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, I wouldn't mind. That'd be fine as long as it's warm. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I guess so. That was always there, you know. And yeah. then that that just sort of I I lost interest a little. I was always I was always you know drawing. So that was always something I always did. That's my dad job. was always painting and sculpting. Um. And I just grew up with that. And my brothers are real my brothers are talented, both talented artists. You have you two know, brothers, um, yeah, I've got two brothers and a sister.
1: Okay, wow, big family. And what about your mum?
2: No, mum and my sister—they don't have any artistic, uh, nothing in between them. Which is <laughs> which we give them a hard time about all the time. But no, they <laughs> none of them got got any any of the artistic stuff It's all. Uh, no.
1: Oh, that's funny. So, what, good, what what's their what, thing? I mean. Yeah, you know what? They're like just being awesome.
2: or? No, they're just not. You know, my sister's really fit. <laughs> She's a fitness instructor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she makes, she, you know, she tries to get our boys in shape sometimes. She makes us vomit. Um, she makes you what? Uh, puke, you know. Oh, yeah, like that's she, the, she, Okay,
1: that is what I thought. Well, oh, by yeah. working out so much. By working out, yeah, Okay, yeah, it's yeah. not like bulimia.
2: No, 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 not after <laughs> your meal. It becomes very expensive. <laughs> Sorry,
1: I got confused there for a second. But... Yeah,
2: okay. No. Different sort of family, yeah, but, um, yeah, no, they don't, you know what, no, mum, no, mum is, mum and Megan, they're just, uh, they're just, they're just cool, cool, cool girls, <laughs> they don't, they don't really have, um, neither of them really have hobbies or anything, they yeah, just. Yeah, they don't um, have
1: like a, they're like, this way, no.
2: No that's, no, that's right, they just, they just are just awesome at living, yeah.
1: <laughs> and you guys are artists, yeah. So, are they working artists? Your brothers as well? Or are they? Or are they working in creative fields?
2: No, no. So they, they, they're not. Um, they're both working for good causes, though. They got they work for um, non profit organisations, so they take care of, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, dad, single dads that are are doing it rough, so that are living on the streets or whatever. So they sort of work as part of a company that sort of helps home them or rehouse them and do all that sort of stuff. So that's their thing. But um, my brother Luke is still regularly painting, and he shows his works at markets and sells his works at fairs and all that sort of stuff. So it's not his full-time thing, but he still does it.
1: But he does it. Wow. That's, that's yeah. really cool. So then yeah. in, your, in your teens, you said you, when you were 12, you were sketching for money, you started to yeah. switch over and do more, more of the art stuff, or when did it become like
2: a passion? <laughs> A passion. The art became a passion. I think um, when I was about nineteen, like it, that's when it became a passion. I think um, uh, so when I moved out of home mm-hmm. and um, you know started just drinking. You know, I was excited, so you know I was drinking every night. And I, at the time, I was you know smoking cigarettes, and I was really just into that scene. You know, like I we I was around a lot of artists and and I thought you know, and so I just started. I was playing music, actually, music came first um at back in that so seventeen I started playing music a lot more right. uh, and then um and then sort of painting came back in a couple of years after that and so and have yeah. those
1: two things ever been kind of like collided in any way I mean, or have they been like separate parts of you?
2: No, they've been separate parts of me, I think, yeah, yeah, they've been different worlds. It's um, interesting
1: that you've had two such big like passions or what you want to call it, activities, hobbies.
2: Mm-hmm. They take
1: a lot of time and then the full-time job. So did you study yeah. either of these things after like sort of high school? Or No, did
2: you go- no. I've actually never studied any. I've not I studied photography or painting or music. They all just yeah. were things that just happened. And I think that's why maybe I do them and I love them. Maybe yeah. if I studied them, I wouldn't have liked doing them. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm just, probably.
1: I would definitely.
2: Yeah, inclined to you agree know, with you there. Yeah, i had a few a lot of friends go through school of music or go through art school and come out the other side and they just don't want to see another instrument or don't want to do another piece of art. Um I'm not saying everyone's like that of course, you know, but um yeah, I don't know. I, I I've never really been never never really done well in academic kind of environments. So I'm not sure if I'd studied either of any of those things I, I probably would have
1: Yeah. The joy would have been
2: taken away maybe. Yeah. I think so. I think ignorance is bliss, you know. I think, for me, um, I kind of kid, kidded myself, or just convinced myself at each stage that this potentially could be something that I could make a career out of. So, with 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 um, my music, I was convinced that th- I was going to be able to make a career out of my music, you know, and that's what kept me going. That's what kept me working so hard for so many years at it, um, and I loved it, obviously. But I, but I think I loved the excitement. It was exciting to think that i was actually getting somewhere and then it was the same with my painting and my art it was like i'm actually going to be able to do this you know like i'm selling my art i'm getting representation i'm getting a bit of traction in the media with it i'm going to be able to do this this is exciting you know um Mm -hmm. and then they would each replace each other you know then photography came along so before i got to be like oh I, i failed at painting it was like well, it doesn't matter what happens with painting because photography is my thing now. So, But then eventually photography was the first one out of all those passions that was actually um, gave me an income, <laughs> you know, that I could actually depend on.
1: And, and, and it quit
2: my has
1: like the, the, the so-called air quotes again, career, has that been a driving force for you? Like what I heard you say was kind of that excitement that like of kind of making it big was mm-hmm. – keeping you going somehow or were was it like day by day i'm enjoying what i where i what i'm doing right now
2: That's photography um i think when i started out it was the the initial it, there was there's always a, there was always it's always been a different goal for me like um when i started out it was wow, if I can make some money by doing this. Oh, sorry, no, no. So when I started out initially, it was like, I love this. This is why I did the show. I didn't do the show for money. I did the show because I wanted to create something that I was proud of and then have people come to a gallery and see what I've done and enjoy it with me over some champagne and some red wine. Um, <laughs> not a good mix, by <laughs> yeah, the way.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and so that was a little goal and, you know, then I can sell some fantastic, you know, and then after that it was like, Oh, I'd love to get represented. Imagine if I got a gallery representation, you know, so then that was something that I achieved. And so then my goals shifted again. And then it was like, well, what if I can get represented in this gallery or what if I can, you know, what if I can sell enough work to make a living out of it? Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I wouldn't keep doing it if I didn't love it. I, you know, And I think with photography it was a similar thing. It was like um, – oh, sorry, when I went to weddings, you know, it was like, um, oh, this is cool. Like I actually just got paid for doing this thing um, that wasn't my government job, you know. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. And then um, I got paid more. And then, you know, all oh, more and more clients are finding me and they're wanting to book me and spend money on me. So I was – going, wow, this has given me heaps of, um, heaps of confidence and encourage- it was really encouraging. Yeah. And so that was my goal is to just get enough bookings. And then after my, I was getting enough bookings, my goal was to get my work known by my peers. And so I wanted my book recognized by my peers through whatever means, competitions or whatever, getting it out there. And then, of course, You know, when you get recognized by your peers, then you just want your business to be a successful business and then you want life balance and then you want to get busy, but then you want to slow down. (laughs) So, you know, it goes around full circle.
1: It's funny how you're so right about that. It's like two opposing forces in a way. Like I want to grow this part yet with age maybe too. Part of it is like, okay, but yet I also want to like – be mindful of what's what's important here but but yeah. um are you what's the next thing now i mean like now you're like a you're a rock star in the in the wedding photography industry so do you have like oh the next goal is to you know
2: no well, you know the me, world or what <laughs> Yeah, no, i think for me the next I'm at the stage with myself now where my next goal is just my, my personal health and my um, life balance and, um, oh, you know, just taking it back a couple of notches. So that's kind of, I'm tr- I'm working that one out now. So I, I feel like I um, obviously I need to stay in business. I need to, I would like to stay relevant. Um, I think any artist wants to, um, so it's important for me to, to, to stay relevant and stay in business. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to do it by burning myself out anymore. So, um, you know, ne- uh, next year will be the first year that I've given myself a tight cap on weddings. So I'm going to just cap it at 25 weddings and not shoot anymore. Um, and, um, that will free up a lot more time for me to sort of focus on, on myself and, my relationships with my friends and my family. Um, and, um, you know, for me, I can put a money, I can put a monetary value on that. I've learned that I've learned that much, you know, like you don't need to be earning. I don't need to be, you know, shooting an extra 15, 20 weddings, um, a year just you know, I mean, it depends what your goals are. But for me, I'm just not prepared to. My body won't do it. I won't do it. Not, not now. I'm, I need to just, maybe after a year of 25 weddings, I might refuel and want to go out hard again. But
1: Right. Is that part of the uh, I don't the, the 40 crisis, you think, of you kind of pulling back? Or is it just, has it been in the making? No, for... been,
2: it's been in the making for a long time. I've been saying this. A lot of my friends listening to this will, will laugh. Like, I've been saying this for the last three years, four years. But... This is the first time I've actually capped it. Like this is the first time I've, I'm already saying, I'm already, emails are coming in now and I've, I'm, I've been saying I'm not available, the dates that I'm available for.
1: Okay.
2: And I'm like, oh, wow. So that's you've, already, you've already, you've <laughs> already chosen
1: which, which dates you're not going to take a wedding.
2: No, like I've just booked my 25. They're booked. So oh, okay. they're done. So, your so now
1: 2017 is
2: booked is completely, uh, my, no, my sixteen seventeen, so financial year. So I do it in the financial years. So for I don't know if it's what it's like over there, but for us it's from July through to June. Okay. Is a is a season?
1: Oh, okay. So, okay.
2: Yeah, so that's a, that's the season. So so for sixteen, seventeen season, so from July two thousand and sixteen to June two thousand and seventeen, okay. I booked my twenty-five weddings. Wow. So in that window now, I'm not taking any more bookings for that for that time. So I'll take bookings for the 17, 18 season, right, 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 but not the 16, 17 season. Yeah.
1: And what what kind of other um, stuff are so, you planning then for the 16, 17 season? Like for, that are for you.
2: What left like myself?
1: Yeah. What What i like? Do you have any trips or any goals of like, like you said, working out or what? What are the kinds of things that you're gonna? Yeah.
2: Focus well, on. I think just just, just – I'm going to focus a lot just on self-care and my relationships with my friends and families because in the last in the last few years, uh, um, you know, my only friends that I've got now – and this isn't like an only thing because some of the best friends I've made in my life are all photographers, you know. Some of my best mates to this day are my photographer friends um, and I'm grateful to have met everyone. I've met so many amazing people in the last few years, you know. Um but a lot of my friends aren't photographers from my, it feels like a lifetime that was uh, three years ago, two years ago. I just don't have any contact with anymore. And um, and that's the way life goes. I'm not going to try and force something that isn't, isn't working, but yeah. I just, I'm never home and um, I don't get to see my family as much as I'd like to. And I don't get to harness those relationships with those people that aren't necessarily in my industry. Um, yeah. And, I guess I miss that. I miss those people, and I miss, I miss my family a lot. And um, you know, I want to just—I don't know—just want to be home a bit more. You know, yeah. Um, and I now you shoot my, shoot my, you know, now shoot you my wedding. fiancé and you uh, have
1: a wedding to plan too.
2: Yeah Yeah, that's right. I got to plan my own wedding. You know, I, uh, I got to. You know, I've been I've been doing a lot of just the last the last say six six months or so. I've really been. You know, I've been exercising, like uh, mindfulness and meditation, and eating well, and doing all those sorts of things to try and keep myself on track. Um, cool, but that's to help me out with um, a few other things, um, uh, uh, like with you know some of my anxiety stuff as well. It just helps; it helps level me out. So, I've just discovered meditation in the last six months, and it's just been a game changer. So, um, I'd like to get a bit more into that. And um, what do you? What does yeah? The- you know, see. If-
1: what does the anxiety look like? I mean, how does that? I mean, I, I, I so many people oh, suffer just, from know. it. So it's. Do you mind talking about yeah.
2: it? Yeah, I'm comfortable talking about it. Yeah, I, I, I have like I, I sort of drew the short straw a little bit. So I kind of like have symptoms of agoraphobia as well as a few other little bits and I get pretty, pretty, um, pretty severe panic attacks. So. Um, Wow. It's not like that I have daily anxiety, but I have daily awareness of it. And so, you know, sometimes it's a little bit more crippling than others. And the, the trouble that I have is that, um, you know, I, especially if I'm in like countries that I don't feel that I'm safe.
1: You were saying oh. that when you travel in countries where you you don't feel super familiar
2: oh it's it's the fun it's just our it's just kind of funny you know the career that I've ended up in which actually has me in all sorts of funny little places around the world um it you know I I get sort of <laughs> stuck with this <laughs> disorder that's um it, it you know I'm not I'm, I'm not super great in um overly crowded or overly empty spaces okay, um wow. And, uh, I'm also not very good if I know that I'm not, if I'm a long way from a hospital or something like that. So it's just, but I mean, you know, I, I manage it, I manage it pretty well these days. It's just that I have some, you know, some, 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 some weaker, weaker months and some stronger months, you know? So, um, it's just one thing I've found that's, that's helped a lot with that is, um, is uh, is just uh, you know exercising a little bit of mindfulness or meditation every day. So I do about ten minutes a day in the morning and ten minutes at night, oh, and wow. uh, it's helped me out a lot.
1: Oh, that's great! And and so it goes kind of in in waves, like pretty sounds like
2: for yeah. weeks
1: or months. So it's not like day by day.
2: <laughs> no, it's kind of like, but you know what though, it's 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 um, bits this has been going on in my life since I was twenty, um, and so. Uh, but it's escalated a lot more in the last few years and it's just because I found myself, you know, probably run down a lot more in the last few years. Um, and probably a little bit, you know, going through funny time zones and, you know, working really hard, you know, and, and not and probably not taking care of myself as much as I should. So right. you know, when you're you're in your immune system's down or you're dehydrated or you're not think if you're not physically in good shape you're um, mentally you're going to be affected as well. So you're not as strong sometimes mentally to sort of um, combat yeah. um, say a, pa- a panic attack ever comes on, you, you have a lot less strength to stop it. Um, and so I find that if I sort of exercise my mind um, and just generally just look after myself, um, I, I'm in a much better place to first of all not be in a situation where I get myself into a panic attack, um, but I can be strong enough to, talk myself down from one, um, if it does pop up, you know? So,
1: so um, do you feel you, you yeah. can feel them coming on, obviously like, okay, you, you've yeah feel the signs yeah. and then what, mm-hmm. what do you do?
2: Oh, well, basically you, you, if a panic attack's coming on, so, I mean, you know, the, the, the to, for people that don't know, I mean, panic attacks that there isn't anything worse, like, you know, that you really, it's it's basically it's a fear of impending doom so you honestly believe uh without doubt that you're dying like you're convinced that you're about to die so you you whatever situation you're in you think that you're not going to live through it um and oh I, yeah i can't stress how real it is though it, you really believe it so um you create these scenarios in your head that your heart's going to stop um you know, you're having a heart attack or you're going to pass out or you're running out of breath or something, and it just becomes very real and it escalates really quickly. Um, and they can last from four to six minutes, uh, between t- four to six minutes, um, but, you know, it, it is all in the mind, and um, but it does affect you physically, you know, so your heart rate can go to an incredible, it can go from completely calm you know, sixty beats a minute, a minute to close to two hundred or more within about thirty seconds. It can escalate that quickly. You know, well, it's, um, I mean, is—you it, it,
1: so, it, are literally panicking. So, which is the body's way? Yeah, of
2: being... yeah, you're panicking. You're panicking. You're, it's it's fight or flight. That's what happens. Right, so you right. you go into a really really severe panic, and you you're irrational. So. I've just been taught a few techniques from some good head doctors and um, this app that I listened to and they're just some techniques that just help me regulate my breathing and, and realize, understand my body and understand anxiety and understand that I don't, you don't need to fight it. It's just something that's part of, it's in all of us, you know, um, it just pops up in some of us a bit more than others. So it's, it's more accepting it rather than fighting against it. The more you fight it, the more it's going to, 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 to sort of take over. Um, so it's sort of, this sort of being at peace with what's happening and that sort of, um, helps you remain calm and stops it escalating funnily enough. and
1: Do they, do they come, do they tend to come like, Oh great. At the like worst time ever. Or is it like when, when you are kind of, you do release and have like, you have been working a lot, but it's like your day off and that your, your body's like, yeah.
2: Yeah. You know what, you know when it happens it's If I'm working, it it doesn't happen. If I'm busy, I'm preoccupied, it doesn't happen. It only happens if I've got too much time in my head. Okay. So um, I find myself, it'll happen just randomly if I'm at home in the middle of the day, um, you know, and I haven't got enough sleep that night and all of a sudden I've started to think about, you know, something, you know, anything. You know, like I might have seen something on the news that day and I've realized that I started thinking about the human heart for too much and how the mechanics of the body works, and then I think to myself, this doesn't make sense that all these right. bits, these moving parts, are making this body. How can how yeah, can yeah. Um, it, it not break? And then all of a sudden, my heart rate will get a bit quicker. Then I think, oh shit, something's going wrong. My breath's short. Before I know it, I'm getting lightheaded because of this, and it's escalating quickly. And then I'm, I think I'm having a heart attack, and I'm running around the house. I'll try to call an ambulance, and before you know it, you're in, you just it it's just
1: full, you're in full trouble, panic attack. Yeah,
2: and so. Yeah, and um, – I get that. I that's mean, it, how, yeah. You know, it happens. And, and, you know, but, you know, the last the last really bad one I had was in the London London underground um, in, in – uh, in in it was in London. I'm trying to think of which one it was. It was one of the underground stations. Okay. And uh, it was just all of a sudden I realized as I was going down lower and lower and lower, I was like, Wow, yeah. we're down really, we're down really far. You know, there's thousands of people running around us. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I thought myself, what if something went wrong? How would someone get to me? And then all of a sudden, it was just really, it got really ugly very quickly. Andrea had to get me out of there. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought, but I thought I was going to die under there. I thought 100, percent I was gone. Um, wow,
1: that, that must be. I mean, so scary.
2: It is. It is. It's like. You, you can't get more scared. Like, you, you really no, can't. No, really. Like I mean, that's,
1: that's what, what it is. That's life yeah. and death, obviously.
2: It is, yeah. You really believe <sighs> it. So um, so it's horrible. And so for people, that, people that suffer panic attacks that are listening, they, they will understand. Um, and, uh, you know, um, it is a horrible thing uh, to go through. But if they are listening, um, I do recommend an app called Headspace. Um, it's just really, really great. It's helped me out a lot. It's helped a lot of other people with anxiety as well. Um, oh, cool. And, um, yeah, it's really – it's yeah, give it a go because um, I was really skeptical at first, but 10 minutes today, it's just really helped level me out. Um, and then, like
1: you said, so, yeah. sleeping and eating and just keeping your sleeping. body, like your immune system
2: strong and stuff. Exactly. Exactly right. Like being hungover doesn't help, you know. So, yeah. you know, I always sort of anticipate that if I've if I'm going to – have a big night I can always predict that I'm going to be probably a little bit more susceptible the next day to one so yeah I've just got to bear that in mind and keep my fluids up and, and make sure I get food in my belly nice and early and don't go and down any subways um you know so it's just being it's just sort of being aware of like you know what's going to trigger these things and and putting yourself in a position to better take care of yourself when it happens you know so well,
1: yeah. I guess that's a
2: lot the long-winded version of sort of the big picture of starting to uh look i don't think they're ever going to go away i think it's just more you know i just want to you know um slow things down it's just been going a million miles an hour for the last few years and i think it's just time that i just reined it back a little bit and um you know just reshifted my priorities to try i mean still still you know still work and still do a good job with my with my weddings but just um uh just not the away, it will go as crazy as I've been going.
1: And know you, I mean, knowing your limits too, and knowing what's what's everything comes at a cost, you know, as well. Yeah, um, that's right,
2: exactly right.
1: It's money in, but it's also other stuff, maybe out time and all that stuff that you're talking about. I mean, I really appreciate you sharing that because I know that's probably not easy to, I mean, to talk about, but it's. Um, it's, yeah. it's real.
2: It's a real, it's a real thing, you know, I think, and I think a lot of people running businesses, uh, you know, it's very easy because we're so, you know, um, so much relies on it, you know, like your livelihood depends on your business, you know, and your livelihood depends. I mean, it's very easy for us to get caught up, um, get caught up in the glitter, you know, yeah, yeah. um, and it is great. I'm not going to deny it. You know, I've had a fantastic, I've had such a great, such a great run. I'm so happy with where everything's landed for me in the photography world. Um, uh, and I wouldn't change any of it. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I think it's just, you know, understanding and knowing, you know, if things are starting to break around you, um, that you need to adjust accordingly, you know? So, yeah. yeah. um, <laughs> excuse me so Be for me agile. <laughs> yeah totally i think you know i just i've identified that number one you know i feel like i'm tired a lot and i need and I'm, I'm away from home too much and i don't see my friends and family enough so um i want to get on it
1: you
2: um, want to fix that but, yeah, yeah that's
1: cool i want to fix that yeah and what um what kind of stuff are you going to be talking about it way up north? Um, I, I assume you haven't written that <laughs> yet, but I mean, um, yeah. What's no, going- I think
2: I'm going to um, I'm going to talk about like the. I think one of the the, the major topics is the subtleties of separation, you know, and, and common sense really. So, um, for me, I find that when I started shooting, um, uh. Uh, things start, th- I mean, gr- I'm grateful, you know, um, but things started to happen pretty quickly, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I attribute a lot of it to, um, to a couple of things and, and a lot of it is really common sense stuff that I think gets overlooked by a lot of people. Um, I, I heard, uh, actually a mate of mine, Steve Saperito, who does a lot of sort of, um, business coaching and stuff. Um, he mentioned I was, I was in, at WPPI, I was sitting in, I needed some time out, so I was sitting on the stairs in the casino somewhere, had a few beers, and um, <laughs> I was talking to him about, talking to him, and he comes over and goes, Dan, yeah, what are you doing, you know? So I'm just having some time out to myself just for a little bit. And um, I know that my common sense came up, I was talking to him about common sense, and he goes, well, you know, Dan, common sense isn't that common. Yeah. (laughs) That's just like, you you know, it's so true, Steve. And uh, it's really stuck with me, you know. So um, for me, I feel
1: like
2: like I'm, yeah, I think in business, I feel like in business I'm good at common sense. And um, I feel like it's one of my strengths. (laughs) And I think also um, another strength I feel like that's worked for me anyway is never really doing anything too dramatic in my in my marketing or in my business to stand out you know I, it's just a bunch of lots of little tiny pieces lots of little little things little subtleties so um i guess i'm going to talk through um lots of little subtleties to help sort of separate yourself from uh from the crowd and so yeah, uh, that's, that's the general basis of my talk.
1: Yeah, good. Um, well, yeah, don't go deeper cuz then uh it'll be spoiler alert here, but But that uh, first of all, that sounds super interesting and you strike me as the kind of person who I mean, wow, you have so many you're like an onion, like so many different layers that um it's like everything you say is like well, oh okay, that's a completely new dimension or part or interest or um, talent or experience that you have, so
2: well, maybe that's like, maybe that's the, the forty years coming to play. Unpeeling
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of the what, onion.
2: Yeah, it's give enough, given it's given me enough time to do a few things.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you, I like it's um, all these experiences that you've had and different sides. I think have are like culminating into a good, a really awesome 40 year old
2: thank you (laughs) thank you so much i'm taking that as a huge compliment Uh, well
1: you should i mean talking to you has been like super interesting and and obviously i'm going to be at at way up north so it'll be it'll be nice to meet you in person but
2: um, oh definitely i can't wait to high-five you it'll be
1: fantastic yeah (laughs) um that sounds interesting i like i think we're going to round it off a little bit because we've been talking for a while but i i feel like we could talk for hours to come yeah. but um i'm going to let you yeah. go to bed it's late by you um thank you for sharing all of that yeah. and for being so open i think um yeah it's rare and it's interesting and i think a lot of people can identify with some of the challenges you spoke about too so i
2: want to thank you for being uh, so open so no, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, thanks for asking, like, thanks for the conversation, really. It's been a <laughs> great chat. It's been a really yeah. good chat. It's been, yeah, unlike other sorts of conversations or interviews that, you know, are out there. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I, I did too. Um, we um, will be in touch, but um, I uh, will see you in a few months. I hope that yeah. you a nice month of July off. I'm going to, I'm going to hold you Thank accountable you so to that and yeah. like uh, check in with you and afterwards and make sure yeah. you, you really did
2: it. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I think, yeah, you won't be the only one, but I, I I'm <laughs> going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get get up in my barn and, and do some painting and try not to do any work at all. So I'll see how we go.
1: <laughs> okay. And we look forward to hearing more about, about your upcoming wedding and all that kind of stuff. That'll have to be another follow-up interview because I have a million more questions. Talking to you was was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Take care of that cold. Thanks for everything.
2: Yeah, you too. Cheers.
1: All right. Take care. Bye.